0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Memorial. Second straight week at Mirfield Village. We're back at it again. Now you inject every single one of the top players in the world, including Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, and more into this field. It is going to be a good one. Let's talk through all the betting options for this week. We'll go through outrights, maybe a little top five, top 10, top 20, look at some betting uh, matchups, and then we'll talk one and done as well. Let's jump into it. All right, you're looking at the tournament predictor tool, which is a way that I take the Vegas odds and I overlay them with how often a golfer is going to get to essentially what the winning score is. And we see if there's any value there. So first, we've got to go back and find out historically what might be a good winning score at the Memorial. And I use strokes gained for this. So if I go back into the strokes gained database, in 2019, Patrick Cantlay won this event. 19 strokes gained on the field. That was two shots clear of Adam Scott. Who was two shots clear of Martin Keimer? Who was two shots clear of Kevin Streelman? So 12 strokes gained would have gotten you a fifth place finish, Uh, but 19, or I guess 18, would have won it. In 2018, much lower. uh, Deschambeau wins this thing. Uh, This was actually a three way playoff, 12 and a half strokes gained. 2017. Uh, Duffner won, wins it with 16, but he would have won it with 14. Let's see what 2016 was. Uh, William McGurk gets into a playoff with Joe Curran uh, at 11 strokes gained, so 12 would have won it. And then Ling Murth wins it in a playoff, 14 and a half. So it's kind of been all over the place. So we'll run a couple of different scenarios here. First, we'll start with strokes. Gain. So 15 is basically the tour average, right? So if you, if you gain 15 strokes – Uh, in a tournament that is usually enough to win the golf tournament. So we'll start there and immediately uh, there is value. Now for the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of, uh, you know, saying there's not a lot of value in the outright market and there hasn't been because in theory there haven't been a lot of guys who could get to the winning score. And, and we saw, um, you know, really only the studs kind of get there like Justin Thomas probably should have won the workday charity open Um, Then the week before that, what was it, uh, Bryson won, uh, and then DJ won the Travelers. So you're kind of seeing studs. Now, Morikawa comes out and wins at 33-1. to There was plenty of value in that. But this week, with this field as deep as it is, we're already seeing some interesting value here. And the first one that pops off to to me is Rory McIlroy. So Rory, uh, his odds indicate that he's going to win this golf tournament about about 7.7% of the time. Uh, I have him winning it about, what would that be? 9.5, something like that. 9.4, 9.5, uh, percent of the time. So there is some value there. There's actually value on Rory in the outright market, the top five, the top 10 and the top 20 market, believe it or not, the top 10 market is actually the best odds for him. I have three and a half percent of value on Rory, uh, to finish in the top 10, so that's pretty interesting. <clears throat> Patrick Cantley, uh, Dustin Johnson, both of those guys show up as values as well here. Let's sort by the biggest values. I want to see some of the guys from lower down the list who might have a chance to win this. Okay. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, those guys would be value bets. Uh, Leishman, he's always on here because of his high upside. Patrick Cantlake talked about him. Uh, Anecdotally, so I I will tell you, I've already bet Rory McIlroy. 14 to 1 is where I got him, and that is the longest odds we've seen on Rory since I believe it was the 2019 Genesis Invitational. So we're talking about uh, historically long odds on Rory McIlroy. First time in 18 months you've been able to get him this low. I just think that... With everyone else around, you know, with with Justin Thomas who's coming off a second place finish at the workday, Bryson who's coming off of a win, Cantley, who has is your defending champion and played well last week, Dustin Johnson who's coming off of a win. Like all of the guys around Rory have to have better odds than normal, and it kind of forces Rory down into the 14 to 1 range because all the other studs have been playing well as well. So I don't think it's necessarily a knock against Rory's game. I think it is more of a testament to what the rest of uh, the field has done. Outside of what the, the predictor says, um, I do also really like Abraham Answer. Uh, I, I saw him at 45. You can get him at 50 uh, to one to win the golf tournament. He, he just competes. So it might be tough for him to actually win, but something like a top five, top 10 market is much more interesting to me, let's go to the top five market. Let's see what the biggest values are in the top five. Shane Lowry, I'm a little bit concerned about that, right? I mean, he has he's he's getting a boost from a lot of his uh recent uh, or not recent, a lot of his long term stuff, right? The open championship, not so much the recent play. Lonto Griffin, top five, Mark Hubbard, top five, Nate Lashley, Sun Kang, Eric Fun Ruin, those are guys that are uh top five values. Let's look at top ten values. A lot of the same names here, Rory pops back up, Andrew Putnam pops back up, Keith Mitchell, Graham McDowell, let's see, top 20, similar names again, but now you get Scott Harrington, Zinzun Zhang is in here, uh, and Bill Haas, believe it or not. So those are some names that you want to consider. For me personally, I mentioned Rory, uh, I mentioned Abraham Answer. I think Kevin Streelman is in an interesting position at 75-1, to 1, but probably going to just get him in a top 10 type market. Um, I, I, again, there's, there's so many studs here that eat up a large chunk of the win equity. It's really hard to think that while Kevin Stroman can play well, while Abraham answer can play very well, they can play over their heads. It's hard to, it's hard to win golf tournaments, especially hard to win in a field like this. Let's go take a look at the head to head betting tool, do some, uh, matchups here because I've made a uh, uh one small but also kind of large update to the head-to-head matchup simulator so what this does is it basically uh uses uh, the i mean the, the work done by data golf by joe pita that uh uses a win probability over a four round tournament where you can plug any two golfers against one another but i recently just this week added back in the date range so this is actually pretty cool so i'll show you. Uh, how we can do this here? Let me pull up a couple of matchups. All right, so Rory versus Justin Thomas. Let's do that. So we'll change, uh, we'll change this one to Justin Thomas, and we will see over the entire history of the Strokes Gain database that I have here since uh, January of 2015. Rory McIlroy wins this four-round matchup. 56% of the time, he should be minus 130. Now, I'm seeing him at plus 110 and Justin Thomas at minus 137. So why? how are they getting there? Well, let's adjust the date range a little bit. And if we adjust it to something more recent, let's call it uh, since January 1st of 2019. So a year and a half. I'll, I'll see if I can get close to that. 1-1-2019 it actually becomes an even bigger edge for Rory McIlroy. I have him at 59.6%, but I bet you, as we get even more recent, this is going to start to favor Justin Thomas. Yeah, there we go. So here's what we're looking at here. Basically, since 2020, now Justin – if you only look at the results from 2020 on – Uh, Justin Thomas becomes the favorite in this matchup, 52.4% of the time to Rory McIlroy's 47% of the time. So we are getting closer to the odds that I see online. I bet you if we go even more recent, let's just do since the shutdown, maybe? Yeah, so here we go. I mean, obviously, you're talking about a very small sample size now, but... Uh, essentially, since the shutdown, uh, you're looking at Justin Thomas being a 70% favorite to win this matchup, obviously because he uh, gained so many strokes. Last week, Rory, by his own standards, has not been all that good. Uh, it, it is it is interesting to to see how drastically this changes. So for me, I kind of like to look at, a little bit longer than this. I don't mind the full 2020 metric. Uh It puts these guys at almost dead even uh, if I go from January to, to now. Uh So I would probably not necessarily bet this. It, it's probably too close for me. Let's see if we can find another one with a bigger edge. Let's do DeChambeau. I see a minus 150 against Patrick Cantlay, and I, I know that Again, if you go if you go really recent, I think I think Bryson is going to absolutely smash this. All right. So, since the start of 2020, I've got uh Shambo at minus 149 should be his money line. I see him at minus 150. That is pretty good. I love it when that happens. Uh let's go even more recent. I bet you if you go since the shutdown, yeah. That's only because Cantlay hasn't played. Let's go a little bit longer term. Let's go since the middle of 2018. Yeah, this is where you can get Cantlay to be a favorite if you go longer term. I don't know if you want to go back that far. Let's pass that one up. The model comes up with basically the same thing Vegas does. Let's see if we can find one to bet. Uh, what would be a good one here? Gary Woodland versus Tony Finau. Both of those guys play a lot. We have a lot of data on them. This might be a bigger discrepancy. Let's see if we can find one. And again, I'm going to change my date range back to 2020 here. All right. So I've got, oh my gosh, I've got Gary Woodlands at 55%, which puts him at minus 125, which he is minus 125 Oh boy. All right. Well, we are really hitting it on the model here. Let's try Streelman versus Corey Connors. Let's see if we can get one here. Come on. We got to find one before we move on. I can't have a bunch of no bets. Streelman versus Corey Connors. Okay. All right. This one might be one. <laughs> I have uh, Kevin Streelman winning a four round matchup against Corey Connors. of the time, which means he should be about minus 180. I see him at minus 135. So there is enough there for me to want to bet Kevin Streelman on this side of it. So I think that that is an acceptable head-to-head matchup, not only because Streelman has been better long-term, he's been better recently, uh, this is a great course for him. Obviously, five of the last six times he's played Mirfield Village, he's finished in the top 20. If you finish in the top 20 of any head to head matchup, you are a favorite to win it, uh especially against a guy like Corey Connors, who while you know while a great player, a good player, uh is much more volatile. So this one makes sense to me. Streelman versus Corey Connors. Let's do one more trying to find a couple guys that i probably have a lot of data on because they play a lot of measured rounds let's do oh man okay how about this one tiger woods versus phil mickelson unfortunately there's not a lot of data on data on tiger but i'm but i'm just kind of curious on what this would be there's just not a lot of data and the the data that we have on tiger yeah so the problem is this you know tiger's data is so short uh and then the last time we saw him play was Genesis, where he was terrible. So if I open this up to two years. Yeah, I mean, I can get Tiger to be a 70% favorite in this. If I only run it from, let's do run it from 2019, which is what I like. Okay, he still is a pretty significant favorite over Phil Mickelson. He's minus 247. Uh, this book has been minus 295. So actually, in this case, it actually would be a bet on Phil if you want to use the same. Uh, january 1st deadline but i'm not touching that tigers tigers strokes gain data is a bit too few and far between for my liking uh for this matchup simulator so you might just have to use your gut on tiger woods for the time being okay uh one and done let's jump over there all right one and done i know there were some Colin morikawa Winners last week, I know there were a lot more Justin Thomas backers, myself included, who got second place money. Let's talk about this week because it is a larger pool, obviously a deeper field, um, more incentive to use one of your studs. Let's actually look at what the winner did last season here. Let's take a look here. So if I go to the winner's path and we go to the memorial... They had Adam Scott, who got them a million dollars for 185 picks, 185. Others. So the most popular pick uh, was Matt Kuchar, 536. He missed the cut. Tiger Woods, incredibly popular, which I think we, we we will see this week. Patrick Cantlay, popular. So here's here's how I think this goes for this week. Um, Tiger Woods will be popular because this is the first time you've been able to use him in literally five months and many uh, like you want to use him at places he's had great success, right? Five time winner at Mirfield Village. That is obviously great success. He will be popular. Uh, Patrick Cantlay will be popular, especially for those who did not use him last week at the work day. This is just another natural fit, obviously, and uh, the T7 last week is a lot to be optimistic about. But where do you go after that? Uh, If you are front running, you should probably be considering taking one of the top players if you haven't already. That would be Justin Thomas, I think, is probably like if you remove Uh, The pricing and the strategy and kind of all like maybe not the strategy, but Justin Thomas is probably like the overall best play around here, considering what we saw last week, the high upside. Um, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is probably up there, but I assume you can save Bryson if you haven't used him already, or you can save him for a week where he is going to be the top dog. Rocket Mortgage was a perfect example of that. He was, you know, the best player in the field pretty significantly. Bryson plays those type of uh, to those types of events. I would rather save him for that. So you need a guy who's going to be able to compete in a very Big field. Um, if you were paying attention earlier, I'm I'm betting Rory McIlroy, so I, I don't have a problem if you want to burn Rory here. Uh, I I understand that the strategy would be save Rory for a major championship. Uh, I like to be a little bit different than that, right? I like to be. Uh, you know, everyone wants to save Rory for the masters. If your pool now includes the masters, everyone wants to save Brooks for the U S open or the PGA championship. I like to be a little bit different than that. Maybe you take Rory at a WGC or even like where he's the only guy, the RBC Canadian. We've seen him, uh, be like five to one to win that golf tournament. Uh, there is more expected value from your studs when they are the lone stud in the field than there is when he is one of 10 studs in the field. So where does that leave us for this week? Um, I think John Rom is very interesting for this week in a one and done setting because you might not have already used him. So if you didn't use Rom early in the year, you might not have used him yet. Let's let's pull up his results. All right. So if you've used Rom, let's see. So he was very popular at Farmers in which he got you 817,000. He was pretty popular at Waste Management and then he he like essentially has not been used since. And in the restart, 127 picks at the Charles Schwab, he misses the cut and then since then 36 picks, 65 picks, 46 picks. If you told me I could get John Rahm this week for less than 50, like 50 picks or less, I would be thrilled. So I think John Rahm offers a very interesting solution to this problem that we have. Uh, because not only are you going to get him at a really low number, he's the number 2 player in the world. He shot a 64 on Sunday last week. That included two bogeys on the card. That, to me, is someone who feels like they're on the verge of breaking out, and now I think we can get him at a really low number. So Rahm is incredibly interesting in this one-and-done week. I also think um, Dustin Johnson's kind of interesting right? I mean, he's coming off of a win. He's playing great, but no one wanted to play him for a long time. Uh, He did get 175 people, the full 1.3 million at the travelers. I just think like, listen, it's, you know, I'm recording this on Tuesday morning. Like there has not been a lot of talk about Dustin Johnson. I don't know why. Right. I mean, it's just because there's so many other great guys in this field. Uh, Dustin Johnson has some of the shortest odds to win this golf tournament. I I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saving guys anymore. And I guess it, uh, the, the way that this 2020 season got thrown into flux, it really depends on what your own pool is doing. Like if it ends in seven events, you should be burning all of these guys. If it gets extended into next season, you have to take it differently. If you are in the lead or, or close to the lead, you should probably just be front running and taking the chalk every single week. If you're trying to catch up, you should probably be trying to get John Rom, Dustin Johnson, guys that I think are going to go a little bit under owned. Webb Simpson, if you still have him available, but it's probably unlikely that you have Webb available still. I mean, even Brooks Kepka, like these guys with big time upside that not a lot of people want to play. You're gonna have to try to take an extra risk, right? You got, you have to double down. You, you don't want to finish 500th. Go and try to to move up if you catch a winner, and there's only you know 25 other other guys that have the winner. Like that's how you catch up in these things. So this this time more than ever, kind of like the overall strategy of the one and done is, in my opinion, much more important than who you actually pick. Like it's it's razor thin margins between. Justin Thomas and Bryson DeChambeau or Dustin Johnson and Patrick Cantlay it's razor thin it's more about applying the best strategy and kind of just hoping you get the guy right Um, you know if you are down in the bottom you should not be taking chalky players right like like even if you get it right that's bad strategy because if you win everybody else wins so I, I don't care as my I shouldn't say I don't care, but like I don't care as much about who you pick as opposed to how you got to that pick. All right. That'll do it. Uh, let me know who you end up on. I'm very interested to see where the one and done stuff shakes out. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Best of luck this week. See ya.